So, so this is the thing. The dream that we're, we're trying to discover is already there, but that dream is in the middle of a worst-case scenario haystack. It's like a needle in the middle of a worst-case scenario haystack. So think about it. If, you, if it's a worst-case scenario haystack, the easiest thing is to see is the worst-case scenarios, right? Just like hay. The easiest thing to see is the hay. And so let's say if you're always looking for worst-case scenarios and liking it to hay, you're always going to find something. But it takes a lot more work to find the needle, right? And so why waste time looking at the hay that you can always see when you could take your lenses and find the needle that's difficult to see, right? And so, so that's what it's going <laughs> to take for us to dream again. And this is the thing about dreams. Dreams trigger a supernatural insight. Um, so it helps us to see beyond the scene. And some of us are very good at stating the obvious, right? And that's not putting people down. When people murmur, murmur and complain, what are they no, normally murmuring and complaining about? Uh, the obvious, what you can see. But to find a way to handle it or to find a way to uh, get through the situation, you have to go beyond the obvious. You have to see what you can't see, right? So you have to find a solution and options of getting through more than just stating what's uncomfortable for you. What's uncomfortable, what's uncomfortable is already manifested. We need to manifest what's, what we need to have peace in the midst of the situation, right? <laughs> Knowing the man of God, he's uh, uh, surveying his territory for the future. <laughs> you know, he's going to be used to walking up and down an aisle, so he's just making sure he, you know, comfortable with flowing. <laughs> So he ain't bothering me, so. Uh, all right, so let's go to 2 Corinthians 4.18. 2 Corinthians 4.18. See if I can make some quick work of this today. Uh, so 2 Corinthians 4.18, a familiar scripture here at Ayers Christian Center Church. I'll say this while you go on to 2 Corinthians 4.18. Uh, me and my wife, my wife says this a, lo a lot, and she probably doesn't hear from me enough. But uh, I'm going to say this as, as respectfully, let me complete the thought, but I'm overwhelmed. Like, I'm extremely overwhelmed. Uh, earlier this week, uh, my head was throbbing. Like, you know, we was moving and, and you know, back-to-back -back days all day uh, doing different things. But I wasn't overwhelmed because we was moving. I was overwhelmed because we have all these wonderful considerations. And, you know, so in the midst of God doing things, there's a lot of good options, but for the most part, there's a lot of options, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, so I was just like, so she has said it, uh, she's been saying, she says, bang, it's overwhelming, you know, but with a smile, it wasn't like, it's just too much. No, it's, 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 a, it's a good thing. Um, and uh, the reality is, because we're seeing things that were at one time unseen, you know. So, so, so it's not it's not bad. Trust me, I'm not. Ask her. I, I wasn't upset. I wasn't complaining. I was just like, I see. I've been overwhelmed, and it was just all crazy. It was all negative. It was all frustrating for a long time in my life, and so I love being overwhelmed for some wonderful blessings. Like, I ain't complaining. Uh, last night, we was both exhausted. 
So I said, uh, I said, babe, we've been exhausted before. But not at a, a place that we've been allowed to serve as pastors. I said, so I said, you know what, this, this, this time of exhaustion is almost, I know this might sound crazy because I just said I was exhausted. It's almost energized. <laughs> but you just said you was exhausted. What I'm saying is on the inside, it really is empowering to energize it. So, so it, that all fit in with what I'm about to share here in a second. 2 Corinthians 4.18, everybody should be there by now, right? It says, while we look not, while we look not focus on or lock into, while we look not at the things which are seen, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. That word temporal there means subject to change. They have to submit to change. So anything that you can see has to bow down to change. You know, so the clothes we're wearing right now, they have to bow down to change. I know this on 57, the stuff that I wore in the 70s, I'm not wearing now. That's why I ain't wearing no straight leg pants because I already wore them in the 70s. You know what I'm saying? So y'all wearing them now, go ahead. But I've changed. I don't want to go back. <laughs> right, but what I'm saying is some stuff I wore or the, uh, don't start laughing, I know you will, but like, uh, so I got a picture, right? Well, it's, it's, I had a picture, I had my, my, co- my college, because uh, I started out with JV jersey, and I had these white shorts, but they probably was like, <laughs> they probably was like up to here. I'm not wearing that. And so now, I watched the young guys, I watched the young guys. I watched it. It started like man a couple years ago. I went to a game and they have they took the top part of their shorts and they had flipped them up to raise the shorts. It actually was at a Charlotte United game, so I saw them in a warm up line. I was like, "What are they doing?" Like, and they flipped them up to make them shorter. I was like, "Did they know the toil that it took to get to long shorts?" And now they're trying to, you know, if you watch, you, you look at the league now. You watch, everybody got their shorts shorter. It's cool. It's cool. Hey, I respect it. That's changed for them. It ain't changed for me. It's going backwards, right? So, so everything you see is subject to change. It has to submit to change, right? And that's what temporal means. It says, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So there's some unseen things going on that have a sustaining power, but we want those things to manifest. Go over to the next chapter, chapter 5, verse uh, 7. Another familiar scripture says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So all our energy and our effort when we wake up every day has to be by faith and not by sight. Now, normally, if you walk, if you flip it, if you walk by sight and not by faith, you're going to find yourself uh, almost like living in a fog. And so if you've ever driven in a fog, a th- real thick fog, you can't accelerate because it's hard for you to see. Like, it's, it's you know, uh, we were in North Carolina. It's the first time I've ever, I, I was living in New Jersey, but. I came down here. I had never seen fog like I saw at Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. And I went on the road, and I was like, I I can't go nowhere. I couldn't see nothing. And so when we just live life by what we see, when we walk by what we see and not by faith, it's like being in a fog. You can't accelerate. You're immobile, right? Actually, all you can see now, while we was in the fog, I could see something. I could see what was in the car. I could see what was on my legs. I couldn't see ahead. I couldn't see to advance, but I could magnify what was around me, right? So we want to walk by faith and not by sight, okay? And then let's go to John 20. I think I gave you the scripture last week because somebody mentioned it to me earlier this week. 
that I was talking to. So John 20, and we're going to read verse, John 20, verse 29. You know, this is, you guys know this guy, Dalton Thomas. Uh, verse 29, uh, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. He says, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are they. So having not seen nothing, they believe. And so, so, so he, he was getting on Thomas because when Jesus, Jesus said Jesus died, remember he died, and he said he was going to be risen from the dead. So when he was risen from the dead, Thomas wasn't around. So when they, when they came to tell Thomas, hey, the Messiah is risen, he's like, man, please, I'll believe it when I see it. Now, now Jesus wasn't even there. Jesus picked it up in the spirit realm. So when Jesus came around and he saw the holes in his hands and his side was pierced, he said, my Lord, my Lord. Thomas said, yeah, easy to believe now. You see me is what he said. He says, blessed are they that believe and have not seen. He was giving us the principle for, to live this life. We have to see beyond what we're dealing with. We have to see beyond our circumstances. We have to see beyond what we're comfortable with to actually really harmonize with God's dream for our life. Like our, our fixed principle in life has to be, there's more than what I see. There's more than what I'm dealing with. There's more than what I'm capable of. Where is all that? It's located in the unseen realm, right? In the unseen realm. All right, so keep that in mind. So a dream here, we're talking about dreams, uh, it's pretty much a picture of what God has uh, dreamed or imagined for our future. So, so when we start to dream or lock in or take our, uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll call it the canvas of our imagination. So you have an imagination and a lot of times it's a blank canvas uh, when we're not born again. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, immediately, uh, you ever, uh, okay, so, I'm sure you guys know what an ultraviolet light is, right? So, so if you put something on that wall, in the light you can't see it, but in the dark it illuminates with an ultraviolet light, right? So it's almost like when you were born again, you put on an ultraviolet light and you see what was already visible, right? And so, so, and now on the canvas of your imagination is God's dream for your life. That's why the scripture says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, a lot of us before that, we let, we, we say, no, nah, I know what I'm doing. This is what I wanted to do. Is it what you want to do or, was, or did the world give you the desires of your heart? Based on what you was exposed to. You know, so growing up, <laughs> I, I guess y'all saying this guy was really silly. But uh, so growing up, you know, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey. So I remember, uh, uh, so I started going to the playground. I was allowed to leave the house, I just had to come back, uh, be back by eight o'clock, right? So first of all, you, now I'm talking about, I was a little. So imagine a little kid walking through the hood. But so I, I was able to go to the playground. So I go to the playground and um, I won't say the name. Well, his first name was Kenny. So I saw Kenny, Kenny was cool, man. I thought Kenny was real cool. And he had a knee brace 
remember them old school knee braces? You know, they wasn't like a real knee brace, but you know, it was back in the day. And you know, Kenny had a had a had a walk. You know, he had a little walk with him. So I was like, I'm gonna get me a knee brace. <laughs> and so so so, how old was I? Uh, I don't know. I might have been like ten, right? So so I get a knee brace, right? So now people are asking me, Yo, you all right, man? Yo yo yo, you good? I got bad knees, man. Got bad knees. Now, I didn't have bad knees at the time. <laughs> I just said, Y'all, you got bad knees. Because I had to justify, dude, why you got a knee brace on? Right? Do you know, remember we talked about this in uh, Faith, Faith Sounds on uh, Wednesday night? How you're snared by the words of your mouth? Well, guess what? Eventually, I ended up with bad knees. I don't have bad knees now because I changed that confession. You know, I don't broke my patella and everything. I still jump, right? I still do jump boxes and everything because I changed my confession. But my point is, was I wearing a knee brace because that was God's dream for me? No, I was wearing a knee brace because that's what I was exposed to in the culture I was. So you have to ask yourself, why? Because you're frustrated because you've been trying to do something and it seems like you're running into a wall. Have you ever stopped and asked God, shall I pursue like David? God, is this your dream for me? Or is it, I think it's my dream, but I allowed the world to put something on the canvas of my imagination. And I never changed that picture when I was born again. Right? I never changed what's on the canvas of my imagination. So I go around folk uh, that, you know, some people are... uh, yeah, I know, I know where I am. I, I'm going to say this to the camera because I know y'all going to see this. I know, uh, okay, I talk funny now because I, I, I moved to Ohio and I went to uh, Charlotte. So I don't talk like I'm from totally Newark. I got a, a mixture. I know that. I know uh, I'm always talking about God and stuff like that. Y'all think that's weak and corny. I know, I know that. Um, I know what I, half of the stuff I'm talking about may not be popular. I know I shut down listening to all the music you listen to and you think something wrong with me because I don't listen to what sounds good. Well, no, I listen to what's going to empower me. All right? So not what's going to weaken me. I know all that. Uh, and I take the flack because I was embarrassed when I was in the world. I did a lot of dumb things and I was embarrassed. A lot of people look at me like, oh, he smoked out. Or he, oh. Yeah, I remember they stopped the game. I was playing the game. They stopped the game. Hey, oh, time out, time out. Well, well, I can't curse. But they said, man, you are messed up. You know, because I had got drunk and did all types of stuff before I went to play. You know, and they, they stopped the game because I wasn't operating in my optimal self that day. Right? So, so I, it was embarrassing. You know, and I couldn't say nothing because I'm in a stupor. <laughs> like, I was, in, I was in a stupor. So, I'm in a stupor for Jesus now. So, if I'm going to take some flack, I'm going to take some flack for the Lord. I saw something. I'm making a point. Just, just roll with me. I'm making a Because some of us be hiding God. Now, do you realize when you're hiding God, you're hiding your dream? When you're hiding God, you're hiding your dream. So think about it. If you're embarrassed about God, then you're embarrassed about your dream. Oh, I'm sorry. God's dream for you. What you've been looking for to be fulfilled with. Okay? All right. All right, so, 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 so stay with me here. And see, God's been showing us these things um, 
I, we won't have to go through the scripture, but, but just so you know, there's scripture attached to what I'm saying because dreams come in all different types of forms. You have uh, night visions. That's what the dreams that we're used to where we're asleep. Now, the reason why God tells you, shows you stuff in your sleep because your head going to get out of the way because you know how your head sometimes get in the way when you woke. <laughs> so God got to make sure you sleep, your head out the way, and then he can feed stuff into your conscience. The challenge is sometimes you'll wake up and let your conscience convince you that what you dream wasn't God, but it was, right? And so how do you know it's God? Well, if you, if you have a dream right before you wake up, right, that's normally a God's dream or right before you go to sleep. See, because your conscience is just fading out, but your, your subconscious is still alert enough to pick it up. Then if you wake up and it's so vivid, like it's real, that came from God, Right? And then, like, listen, you almost can write down the whole thing in specific details, all right? All right, so you have, the, that's, that's our night visions, but then you have what you call an open vision, right? Trance, where you're dreaming, but you're wide awake. So you have, you've been driving, you know, and you see a whole picture, like, and you say, well, I'm glad, you know, I didn't crash or something. But you saw the whole picture and you was wide awake. That's the open vision. See, so what happens is for, for what God does is he suspended your conscience for that, that. See, God's not bound by time. So God can give you 15 minutes of a dream in a, during the day, but to you it seemed like 30 seconds because God is not caught up in time. That's called an open vision, okay? And so God uses, he's been using them for years. He, uh, with Jacob, he showed him, uh, he showed him the angels ascending and descending in the dream. With uh, Abraham, he showed him some things in the dream. Why? Uh, Solomon, he sat down. Think about it. Solomon had never seen what he was about to experience. Listen to what I just said. Solomon had never seen what he was about to experience. So 1 Kings 3, God talks to him. He says, man, what do you want? In a dream. This is all taking place in a dream. He says, man, what do you want? Solomon said, man, listen. It's kind of how I, I, I feel. All these great people. Man, I don't know what to say to them. It's not kind of how I feel. It's exactly how I feel. I don't know what to say. Like, you got all these different individuals. I just met this young man today. How you doing? <laughs> all right. So, I don't know him. We never met before, right? Right? But you heard some stuff that you already was thinking. That, I, I couldn't possibly say that. And then you think a certain way. Then Trina thinks a little different from you. Then you think a little different from her. And uh, Nadla think different from all of us. Then you got, you got uh, Blanca thinks different. You got all these different people, right? So Solomon said, man, I don't know what to say, Lord. And he, he says, give me understanding. Now God asked him, tell me whatever you want. You've been so faithful, I'll give you whatever you want. And the first thing that came out of his mouth was, give me understanding so I can lead so great a people. First Kings 3. And then God said, hey, because you didn't ask for nothing for yourself, which is some of us, that's the first thing we'd ask for. Because you were more mindful of my people, mean you were more mindful of me. He says, I'm going to give you wisdom no one's ever had. And I'm going to give you wealth no one's ever had, almost as a bonus. He added a condition to the third thing. He says, and if you keep my commandments, you live long life. He didn't add conditions to the wisdom and he didn't add conditions to the wealth. He added conditions to you living long because he's like, I blew that one before. 
let y'all live a long time and y'all wasn't doing right. So I had to cut them years back from 900 to 120. Right? So think about it. He asked for understanding. Now he told him all this in a dream. What do we know about Solomon? Who's the wisest man ever lived. The richest man ever lived. But he got the insight on the canvas of his imagination. God drew out his dream. But he had to show him when he was unconscious, when his conscience was out the way, right? And this is what God has been trying to do with us. So you need to write down them dreams. Every time you have, you need to write them down. So we must recognize this, and this is why we must recognize the signs of our times, timing, and time. So we have to recognize the signs of our times, the signs of our timing, and the signs of our time, right? So the signs of our times, because sometimes we're so naive, we don't understand what's going on. Oh, my God, they're having wars. You read the Bible, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Fret not, right? So, 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 so if you understand the signs of the times, what's going on around. Don't be too busy to pay attention to uh, God moves, right? And then we have to understand the signs of our timing. So you may have the right dream in the wrong timing, right? And then understand the signs of your time. To everything, there's a season. Seasons are subject to change. Everything. So we sometimes we're just in season. I can't believe I'm working at this job. I can't believe I'm going through this mess. Well, that could be a season. Teaching you some things. But the scripture says, but there's a time for every purpose. Right? Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. There's a time for every purpose. And then I want us to look at this. We have to, uh, me and my wife talk about this a lot at home and I always share with her, I'm a whole picture person. So as much as we're in our transition for moving to the new building, the new building is just a piece to the big puzzle. So, I, so, so, so I'm looking at the whole picture. And so, so you got different people around here. They may say, hey, how, let's do this. So they may say, hey, can we just do this? And I'll go, uh, maybe not right at this time. Why? Because we're setting a precedent. You see what I'm saying? So if I say yes, how does it fit with the whole picture? You see what I'm saying? So I'm always looking at the whole picture, right? So I'm saying that so we have to start looking at the whole picture. How does things fit in the entire picture for what God has planned for us. So when I say that, I want us to look at this. I want us to look at sometimes we think, okay, some of us are, have, have, have had major achievements in our life. So uh, I'm sure, sure my niece, I'm sure Nog's looking to test. She's graduated. You know, she couldn't wait to graduate, right? You know, just get to 12 years, you finally graduate. But it wasn't over, was it? <laughs> She, look, look, she at UNC, she's like, it wasn't over, you know. And then you can't wait to graduate there too, right? Oh, you, you ain't in no rush. <laughs> All right. So the thing is, but once she graduates UNC, it still ain't over. Ain't that right, Ryder? Yeah, you know, so you just get to school, you, you get through college, and it's like, yeah, what? But now, now it's like, it's almost like you're beginning again, Right? And so the thing is, all of us have to realize that at every plateau, 
you know, uh, uh, so uh, he's busy right now. Uh, but you realize that, right, young man behind the camera, right? You know, so 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 he's gone through, uh, you know, he's played in, played in the league and, and done all types of stuff and got achievements, right? We, we, we just had one recently. But, but you're almost beginning again, right? A whole nother life, right? And after a while, as you get older, you know, people like us, some people might not even know he had the life he had. Right? <laughs> you know, I, I, I have uh, somebody real close to that. They're older, like they played way back in the day. And, you know, they came around a certain group of people. They had no idea. Matter of fact, they, they, they thought it was a joke that it was a possibility that this person ever played anything. <laughs> this I was like, uh, sure. <laughs> sure you have. I went, yeah, tell us anything. Right? But those are stages. You see, those are seasons because you can't do these things forever. But if you're looking at the whole picture, you realize that was a setup for the next thing God has. And, and what you're going to realize is what you enjoyed the most was setting you up for something way beyond with it's even better, even more exhilarating, more fulfilling. If you allow God to take you beyond just the accolades or the comfort of your successes too. Okay? Alright, just stay with me here. Stay with me here. All right, so let's go to, um, that's deep. I already read that. All right, so let's go to Ephesians 5. It's something me and my wife discovered some years ago, especially how we got to Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, we had never been to Charlotte, North Carolina in our life before we came out here to start the church. Now, had never visited or anything. And so uh, the God has showed us uh, some years ago that there's signs everywhere. And how he showed me was I would drive out trying to rush to get to work and trying to get through traffic. And, I'm, you know, so now I'm late, right? I left the house late. I'm rushing, so I'm weaving in and out of cars, right? Then I finally get on the freeway and I get behind a car. It has a license plate, Matthew 6.33. But suppose I would have left earlier. Suppose I would have left later. Suppose one less car I didn't weave through. How did I end up behind that car? And then Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I started to see all these little license plates and all these little different things. I happened to, uh, looking for directions, end up in a place that I wasn't expecting to be. It had a billboard and it had a scripture on it or it had a slogan on it. And so we take these things for granted, but that's another sign. See, there's signs everywhere, but are you attentive enough to recognize them. See, if you're purpose-driven, you'll see all the signs. Yes. But if you're comfortable or circumstance-driven, first of all, you're circumstance-driven, you'll miss the signs because the devil is always trying to distract you from seeing them. Right? If you're comfortable, you'll miss the signs because you ain't looking for no signs. You just want to be comfortable where you're at. But God has been showing you, revealing breadcrumbs the whole time. And there's just, you write those things down and you'll start to see he's been guiding your path the whole time. All right, so let's, let's, let's look at Ephesians 5. And so what happened was we were, uh, we had went out to eat. Uh, you know, we, me and my wife used to have one evening a, uh, a week off when I worked for the other church and she worked for the other church. Literally one evening. And you can say, yeah, y'all really was brainwashed. I don't know if we was brainwashed or not. We was just trying to be as uh, uh, 
Some people said, yeah, you were. But uh, Ray was talking about being faithful. Our goal was to be faithful. So if, if, if that's translated as brainwashed, fine. It, it worked for us at the time. But uh, one evening a week. Now, this was during the school season because I did campus Bible studies at, at uh, Ohio State and uh, Capital University. And then we had service five nights, five days a week, something like that. Uh, so we were kind of busy. But then I would always miss my time where I'm supposed to do the date nights and stuff. I'd be, you know, because my mind is I want to be locked in. Some of the guys do this. I want to be locked in. Okay, once I take care of this, once I take care of this, once, once I take care of this. But I'll be missing those windows. You can't miss those windows because of being mindful of, of the wife. So she'd be like, well, baby, we ain't going nowhere. We ain't going out to eat. I'd be like, dog, I done blew it again, you know. So, so what I started doing, getting out ahead of my, my life and my family, so I would anticipate. So this, this particular week, I'm ahead of the game. I was like, no, I'm taking this girl out to eat, and uh, she can go wherever she want. You know, so I said, babe, you can go wherever she want, but she wanted to go to All You Can Eat. Y'all know Pastor Mel. I was like, <laughs> I said, babe, I said, you can go anywhere. She said, no, 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 let's go to uh, people from Ohio know uh, old, old, yeah, old hometown or country buffet or whatever. Yeah, it's a real place. Wow. <laughs> it's good too. It's good too. So, 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 so when we go, no, I said, you know, I said, no, let, let me just take you somewhere nice. So when we go to the place we thought we was going to go, I missed the exit. And I end up giving, getting off at the exit where Country Buffet was. <laughs> and so I said, well, baby, well, let's just look and see what the population is after church Sunday. Might be crowded. <laughs> and so I looked I said what's well, alright so we go in and make a long story short I ran into one guy ran into another guy and I said what's the chances of me running into a guy these two guys at a place I wasn't supposed to be going and they were both stepping stones of me eventually working for the church meaning they were catalysts by either something they said or something they did one guy was in an interview and I said babe the chances of me running to them is impossible I said remember God told us signs everywhere soon as I said the word signs everywhere open vision, I start getting a download of all the signs I was missing. And it was all these situations of people coming to Charlotte. And so I said, well, I got a cousin that lives in Raleigh, I thought. Uh, I said, I'm going to call her. Uh, it was uh, Karen. And uh, she used to be a sheriff. Uh, uh, I don't know if y'all knew that. She worked for the sheriff department. Yeah, out here. And uh, so I called her. And our birthday's on the same day. So she, so she opened up like, it felt like we belonged to Charlotte, just talking to her. So she's a part of the testimony. I didn't know if y'all knew that. Uh, then, uh, oh, uh, oh this, I just got to share this. I go to work, and there's, there's a note. There's a guy looking to move to Charlotte. Now, this is after we realized Char it might be something up with Charlotte. Guy looking to move to Charlotte, looking for a church. So I go in, I talk to him, and we had a list of, what do you call it, sister churches. And I looked through the list, but there was none in Charlotte. And so I, I, I didn't tell them our situation. So I skipped something. We had uh, we we had identified out of the ten places it would either be Houston or North Carolina. So on our vision map, our vision board, we had a map of of Houston and a map of North Carolina. So so I go I meet with the guy. I said I'm just curious. Why Charlotte? This is what came out of his mouth. He says, Well, actually, it was between two locations. It was between Houston and Charlotte but Charlotte stood out 
And when he said it, I didn't even hear him. I heard God. So then I, uh, I get a call the same week from a gentleman that used to play for uh, Ohio State University. Uh, so was, the person was calling me from Woody Hayes, the one person. He said, man, you ain't going to believe who's here. He said, so he put him on the phone. This is a guy named C. And so I'm talking to C on the phone. I said, C, man, what you doing, man? He said, uh, now we had already came to visit Charlotte. We stayed in Matthews. First time we came, we stayed out in Matthews. So he said, uh, he said man, uh, 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 right now uh, I'm in, I live in Matthews, North Carolina. He says, uh, work for NASCAR. He says, I don't know how we ended up out here. He said, we was, when, I, when I got hurt at, uh, in New Orleans, I was, we were supposed to go to Houston, but we ended up in, in, in Matthews. I said, what did you just say, Matthews? Matthews, North Carolina, which is where we came. He says, I don't know why we're here, but for whatever reason, God sent us here. But we thought we were going to Houston. Come on, man. I was like, then, then we start getting brochures. Welcome to Charlotte. We had never been to Charlotte ever before. I'm talking, you know how you get the stuff in the mail? Hey, welcome to Charlotte. This, then uh, the, the pastor had to, had to minister in Virginia, but his connecting flight was always, always in Charlotte. So he kept saying, well, you know, I ended up in Charlotte, uh, hug, and Charlotte this and Charlotte. So everywhere we turned, she worked for a, a job part-time. All the material that came through that day was from Charlotte. It was mail. It, was mail. it just kept coming through from Charlotte. What I'm trying to tell you, there's signs everywhere, right? And obviously, we're supposed to be in Charlotte, right? <laughs> okay, good, good, good. All right, so Ephesians 5. I mean, I might have told that story before, but... It always inspires me. Um, Ephesians 5.15. Ephesians 5.15. These familiar scriptures here at our church. It says, uh, see then that ye walk circumspectly. Now look, it says not as fools, but as wise. So it's saying if you don't walk circumspectly, which means intentional. Be intentional. It says if you're not intentional, if you're not paying attention it says you're walking as fools. If you're intentional, paying attention to every aspect in detail, recognizing the signs, that's what a wise person would do. Right? But if you just, you know, do, 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 <laughs> just tripping all over everything, being swayed by the wind, the Bible is saying you're walking as a fool. Because there's things that, that that's direction and there's connections you're supposed to make that you're not even paying attention to. You know how you have a tendency to just want to be at home? I'm talking about like not around people is what, what I'm... <laughs> I, I got to reemphasize that, you know. Well, the interesting thing is it's all connections. Yeah. They're part of your signs. Some of the fellowship conversation you're going to have in is the key to you doing something. So if you don't make those connections, if you're avoiding the signs, you're going to be stuck in the same place. See, the Bible says, we're, we talked about it earlier, we're all members one of another. We all need each other. And the thing is, I don't, even if you achieve your, your preparation part, you need people for your purpose part. Listen, I can't say names, but I talked to some, some people that had a whole nother level. And they're like, I have all the credentials. 
I have enough to be CEO, this, that, and the other, but this guy gets in just, just based on who he knows. And then we'll go, there being racism, prejudice. Aren't you more comfortable with people you know? <laughs> I told players all the time, I was like, oh, so you weren't a why they got that person in the game, now have you in the game. It's a lot harder to keep somebody on the bench that you have a relationship with. That's, that's, that you, that's been talking to you, been trying to learn and interacting with you. Now, even if you, if you got them sitting on the sidelines, you feel like, man, I got to do something for this person because I have a relationship. But if the person has not talked to you, have no connection with you at all, oh, it's easy to keep them there. It was easy to keep, keep, there, keep, keep, keep teeth there at times because I wasn't connecting to nobody. But when I started to develop relationships, man, we got to put them out here. We just... Because I'm going to feel bad. Does anybody feel bad of not connecting you? Well, they're not going to feel bad if they don't know you. Everybody needs. I, I, I just told a family member, I said, do you realize the connections you're exposed to? Why you ain't just say something? You see what I'm saying? So we, 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 I'm not saying you can't achieve things on your own. Not as much as you can with, with God's family. All right? All right, so keep that in mind. Walk circumspectly, right? Verse 16. It says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So, so what that means is uh, maximizing your moments. Maximizing every minute, every moment, right? Because the days are evil, right? It says, wherefore, be, not, be ye not unwise, but understanding, what's the key there? What the will of the Lord is. It says, so if you don't know what the will of the Lord is, you're, you're operating unwise. Now, I'm not saying what your will is, what you're comfortable with, or, or, or what's going to give you kudos and props and is going to lift up your esteem. I'm saying be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And uh, see, recognize his direction and his God. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If, if, if I'm a good person. Are your steps ordered by the Lord? You understand what I'm saying? Like, like the, the just, just wrap your mind around that's what it's about. It's about making sure our steps are being ordered by the Lord because we've been sitting here for a purpose. The Bible says your, li your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. So glorify God in your spirit and in your body. 1 Corinthians 6.20. Uh, Romans 12, 1 says, present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. Verse, uh, Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What it's saying is renew your mind to understand what the will of the Lord is. Renew your mind so now what's on the canvas of your imagination is God's will for your life. And, and, and respectfully, if we're honest with ourselves, we're stuck in the mud because we don't want to do the uncomfortable thing. Right? Like you have situations or people around you that really you just have to be consistent with truth. But you, you may have like, uh, so they, this is baseball. I know I'm, I do all sports and stuff. but So, so you have people that hit home runs, right? And, uh, but they strike out the most. Because they, 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 they trying to swing for the fences, right? Uh, so most good home run hitters strike out a lot. So, so, so some of us are like home run hitters. But we're like, 
the people that hit like one home run every blue moon. <laughs> and we strike out. Uh, and we, but we rarely strike out because we're rarely swinging. So, so, so we got to swing some truth in our relationships and realize that we're going to strike out quite a bit. But if you keep swinging that truth, you're going you're to hit some home runs. A lot of them. And so I said that because what's stifling our dreams, again, is relationship. And it's our ability to speak the truth in love and be consistent with that truth. I'm not talking about beating people down, badgering people. Truth inside of love. That's the truth in love. And so we have to be, have those consistent conversations. There's not one here. There's, if you're having a conversation with your child, do you, you, it took you years to learn how you are. But you got one conversation with them. Now you're mad because you had the one conversation. They done lost their mind because you had one conversation. So they're going to change their entire default on one conversation. When if you step back, hey, hey, go back and look at the old video of you growing up. You were drilled to be who you are. You were drilled, broken down, harassed, and spanked to become who you are. You went through chaining. Some might call it abuse. But <laughs> Apples, oranges, you know. <laughs> but you think one conversation, and this is a drive-by conversation because you're busy doing your thing, that's supposed to change the child. Now it's going to be consistent interaction in this relationship. Consistent truth that you're also living out too. You notice I slipped that last part in there. Yeah. I, I slipped that line, see? Tell me, just slipped that line. Because remember how you couldn't stand your parents telling you to do stuff they wasn't doing? Like you said it to the mirror, but you was thinking it like, they, they don't lost their mind. <laughs> they never did this. So, so you might be watching this. Some people that's connected to this family, but I was raised with foster parents in the early years. So they used to wake me up on Sunday. Uh... And, uh, Keith, Keith! He said, I just try to act like I was asleep. Because <laughs> I knew it was his church. Uh, get on up, go on down there to Good Neighbor Baptist Church. <laughs> so I'm a little kid. Now, when I say a little kid, I'm like, you know, anywhere between six, seven, eight. And I'm walking down the street, and I'm just like, something's wrong with this. <laughs> like, why ain't they going? Don't they need God? <laughs> If you ask me, they need them right now. So, so, so we got to, uh, I know, I'm, I apologize. That was a little side journey. Somebody need to hear that, though. <laughs> All right, so, 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 so be not, be not unwise is what I was talking about. Be not unwise to understand what the word of the Lord, Lord is, right? This is why we can't spend our time um, clouded in self-doubt and being self-absorbed. Right? Because uh, it's smearing the canvas of our imagination. Our self-doubt, we, we're looking at all the worst cases. We're painting all the things that we don't like about ourselves and what other people are saying on our imagination. That ain't good. Being self-absorbed is all about me, me, me. That's on the canvas. That, see, magnifying, I look good, don't I? That don't advance you where you're going. That just make you comfortable where you're at. Right? Just for, yeah, yeah. What level, what was your score on the SAT? Really? How many degrees you got? 
How many weights you can lift? How many pounds you lift? How, how much you bench, man? How much you bench? How much you bench? Which, you know, that don't mean that you're the strongest person in the room, right? Just because you can bench a lot, right? So we, 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 we size things up. You got Jimmy Choo's? Like, like, <laughs> but that doesn't get us where we're going. That just gives, makes us comfortable where we're at. We spent, we walk around with these, the badge of, yeah, you know, I've got my education at uh, Harvard. And, uh, you know, basically because of my education, I'm superior in intellect to most of these peons that I deal with. But I tolerate them from time to time, hoping that they will advance their understanding to get to my level, which I know is most of the time impossible. But I'll try to guide them along in their if they're, they're minimal, uh, imbecile, moronish wisdom they have. Uh, and one day they'll be like me. Maybe. Doubt it. Okay, fine. You're the smartest person in, in a particular category of education in the room. It still doesn't get you where you go. Just make you comfortable where you're at and irritate a bunch of other people around that's around you. <laughs> right? See, 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 God's with God's dream, God's dream for us keeps us humble. Because we gotta trust God to move from where we are, whatever level that is, to get to where God has for us. Right? We gotta stay tuned. Set our affections on things above. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We got to stay tuned if we're trying to get to God's dream, right? Uh, all right, I'll give you this and then we'll, we'll end. I don't want to be here all day. So 1 Corinthians 2. We'll end at 1 Corinthians 2. We're going to end in 1 Corinthians 2, but I'm, I'm going to just walk you through something. So, this dream that we're talking about is already in us. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, you have a treasure hidden in your earthen vessel. So, you have a treasure inside of there. Now, the th thing is, we don't want the treasure standing there. We want it to manifest. Right? To dig it out is going to take a lot of understanding. You're going to have to bore through a lot of layers of circumstances and hurt and pain and uh, doubt and fears and uh, the, the uh, attack of impossibilities, right? And so how it got in there. So, 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 you know, preachers preaching. You good, you good, you good. Preachers preaching and talk about Jesus. You must be born again, right? You know, you know, scripture, John chapter three, right? And you realize Okay, I must be born again. I got to accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, to live this life that I have. So you feel a level of conviction. Now, some of us stay stuck in the chair because we got to go up in front. You know, people got to see us up here. But some of us, we just can't take it no more. Like, there's a, there's a thirst that looks like it'll be quenched if I go up there and accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I don't know what's missing. I just know I don't have it. So we come to the altar and we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. You know, some in tears, some just going, I'm relieved. So now we're what they call born again. So, so we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now what does all that mean? So that means uh, 
the Holy Spirit comes in and connects to our spirit because we are a spirit. We have a mind and we live in this body and regenerates us, uh, renews us, makes us alive, quickens us. So, so we're living on the outside, but before we're born again, we're dead on the inside. That's why it's hard for people to engage with us sometimes and, and, and be around us because there's a, there, there's, uh, I'll be nice, but there's, de- there's, there, there's a deadness in the exchange. The person on the outside can't see it, but the people around you, they're not connecting with your spirit, man, because your spirit, that's, that's how we all connect. We connect in the spirit. The Bible, we talked about it earlier, didn't we? Uh, we drink of one spirit. That's what we connect. We don't connect in our head. We all got different ways of thinking, right? P- different personalities. Some of us are optimists. Some of us are pragmatists. Some of us are realists. We don't connect there. We connect in the spirit. And so when your spirit is made alive and you're born again. So now what happens is you're tapped into more than what you can see. And so now that treasure starts to get stirred up. The scripture says you stir up the gifts. The gift starts to get stirred up. And you feel there's another level of energy, awareness, or expectation, or hope that's created. Beyond what you can control. Because I get it. Some of us live our whole life. As long as I can control where I'm at and what I'm doing, I'm comfortable. But hang, on, hang around life for a while and you'll realize you can't control fulfillment. It's impossible. And you won't be satisfied with what you control because it can't quench your thirst. But some, some people have to, this is graphic, put their hand in the toilet and realize, oh, it do smell. But you can't tell them, hey, that smells. Man, they they got to go through it for themselves and realize it smells. But they're not going to take the word of a 57-year-old. They, you know, he old, he don't know. And then they'll say, it's going to be different for me. But the reality is, we all got to go through this process if we want to be fulfilled in life. Does that make sense so far? All right, so what happens when we're born again? We're regenerated. We accept who is our Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ, right? Now, Jesus Christ was there in the beginning. He's the creator. The Bible says, in the beginning, he was with God, and he was God, right? And, and then the First Corinthians 12 says, he was the creator of all things. So God, God is the person that houses all things. He sent Jesus out to design all things and the Holy Spirit out to manifest all things. Right? So that's all three working together. So when the Holy Spirit regenerates us, it says the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. And he says he'll show us the things that Jesus will tell him to show us. Oh, that person's design is this. Their purpose is this. What they're supposed to do is this. And the Holy Spirit will be on the inside. No, I wouldn't go there. Ooh, ooh, no, no, back up, back up, back up. No, 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 no. They ain't right, they ain't right. He'll just be leading us. And he go, oh, no, 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 no. It's way beyond this. Go, go to the other side. Go to the other side. Keep moving. I got fulfillment for you, right? And then why does that take place? Because it, that Jesus that was with the word. With, the, with God in the beginning, he, uh, God realized we needed him not on the outside. We needed him on the inside. So it said the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why? So flesh can become the word. No, 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 not flesh, no the word. Become the word. So now you live as a creator, as a dreamer. You don't just 
there's a dream over here and you over here and you deciding if you want to choose it. No, it's in you. It's through you. It's like fire shut up in your bones is what the, the scripture says. You can't sit still unless you're doing something to touch that dream every day. You can't. Like you ever been in situations where you go, by now, I should be fulfilled all the things I done achieved. Why is there a void? Because you've already checked off all the possibilities of all the other things that could distract you from the dream. The only thing left is the dream. That's the only thing left. The word I told you to do this, man, you're going to be, oh, just going to be awesome. Then you get it be like, this is not how I saw, saw it playing out. Right? So, 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 so now you have this, this, this mystery in you. So how the, uh, Zipporah came up and she, I asked her to speak and some of y'all heard her speaking in an unknown tongue. Right? And I know I was around certain people, they'd be like, oh, that's spooky or that's from the devil. But I hung out in plenty of clubs and venues and nobody was speaking in tongues. So obviously it's not from the devil. Uh, but it's, 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 a, it's unknown tongues and you have the gift of tongues. Gift of tongues is if I was up here speaking and I start uh, prophesying to you in tongues or doing a whole sermon in tongues, there needs to be an interpreter because it's a corporate, I'm ministering to you corporately. Somebody needs to interpret that. But then there's the unknown tongue or, you know, uh, where it's, it's, it's your heavenly language. You see that uh, the baby's doing it now. They just came from heaven. They speak in an unknown tongue. But you see, you see two babies talking. They're they holding a conversation. We trained them to speak English. They wasn't speaking English when they got here. And then when they, fought, they first started speaking English, they were babbling. Right? Dad, 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 dad. Saying the same thing over and over. But why when you speak in tongues, you say the same thing over and over to you? Go, that can't be tongues. You didn't say that about English. You understand what I'm saying? Like, so, so, so I said that because when she was speaking in an unknown tongue before she opened her mouth, it says, the scripture says, 1 Corinthians 14, when you speak in tongues, you speak out mysteries. So when you're speaking in tongues, an unknown tongue, we're not talking about the gift. So when she came up, she was speaking out the dreams. She, she don't even know. See, because her conscience couldn't get in the way of it. See, see the Holy Spirit was speaking out Think you're snared by the words of your mouth, Proverbs 6 2, was speaking things out of her that's going to hold her captive. She don't even know what they are, so she can't get in the way. She can't talk herself out of it. She can't doubt it. Right? So, so when we submerge ourselves in the Spirit, born again, John 3, born of water and of the Spirit, right? He, the, Jesus said, You must be born of water. That's how you entered into this earth realm, right? The, the, the pregnancy, right? The, the, the water broke, didn't it? Right? So, but before the water broke, your children was in the water, right? Submerged in the water. Born of water. So we have to be submerged in the spirit to enter into God's dreams for our lives. And, and, and let the Holy Spirit speak out those mysteries. Right? But how does that take place? Now, flesh has to become the word. See, John 15, 7. I'm not even going to get to the other scripture. I already know. I think it's 1 Corinthians 2. Did I tell you that? I, yeah, well, I'll quote it. But John chapter 7, 15, 7, it says, If you abide in me, right? If you remain in, inside of me and my words remain inside of you, look, you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. 
you can dream again. Because now you've become the word. The word is, that's your creative DNA. That's how you see people. There's a huddle. Hey, it's a huddle up. It's a huddle up. Man, there's no way we can win this game, man. They, they too big, man. They too fast. And then you have a dreamer stepping in the huddle. Oh, no, no, no. We can do this. This is what we're going to do, y'all. And all of the people that were tripping, something happens to them on the inside. Their gifts get stirred up. They start to believe they can do it based on that dreamer speaking the words to stir up the gifts in them. Then they come out of the huddle, ready, break. And now they, they, they have a fire. They got a swag. They got, whoa, what, what? Yeah, yeah, come on. The minister Sammy, right? Like, come on, come on, come on. We can, I can catch this ball. I can run this. I can win. I was around some guys, uh, and we was playing in a, it was called a, uh, the Summer Pro League. And I remember all our games was, I, I shared this before, was overtime. We would get to overtime, we'd come to the huddle and be like, yo, this is our territory. They ain't been here. We live here. Well, if we went to overtime, we was like, oh, we got this game won. See, we thought it was possible. But that's, that was just training for us getting almost a month away or a couple months away for an end of our lease and needing a building and not jumping at all the opportunities because God said, listen, I have something for you. And in the midst of it looked like David's going to give it to somebody else, God said, no, that's your building. Matter of fact, that's... Before he said it's a building, I wasn't even praying. I wasn't praying and believing for the building. I, I was like, well, Lord, if it's your will. We would drive by, I go, if it's your will. Then God told me one day, no, that's your building. Why do you keep saying that? Then I, we changed the confession, right? How, that, how, does, how do you do these things is Jesus in there, Holy Spirit's in there, telling you there's a knowing in you. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Uh, what is it? 1 John 2.20. 